Thank you for joining us in The Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. At the soul of The Me Suite is the conviction that we should run our own personal lives with the same discipline that C-Suites use to run the companies we most admire. The C-Suite wakes up every day focused on three key decisions. Number one, are we living the core values? Number two, is everything humming smoothly day to day? And number three, how do we stay fresh and relevant for the future? We should run our own individual lives no differently. What we value, how we make others feel, how we operate, how we make and spend money, how we stay fresh and relevant, all are decisions we should be making about our own lives. You get the idea. We each need a C-suite mentality to run our own lives. We each need a me-suite, a source of power for the life-minded. Let's get in there. On this episode of The Me Suite, we're going to focus on the Chief Inclusion and Diversity Officer role in the C-Suite. Sometimes this is called the Chief Diversity and Inclusion Officer role. So it's head of IND, head of DNI, depending on the company. And today's guest is Tina Gilbert. Tina has an engineering background where she received a dual degree from Georgia Tech and Spelman College. She later went on to receive an MBA from the Wharton School. And she has served as the chief inclusion and diversity officer at both established and high growth companies. She truly is a pioneer in this space where she has at times been the very first inclusion and diversity head at companies where she has worked. I think we have an awful lot to learn from her around this IND topic in the C-suite today. She is grounded. She knows who she is. She is a centered person, a mom of two girls who are also now getting ready to make their own mark in the world. And I am thrilled to welcome Tina Gilbert. Hi, Donna. How are you? Thank you for joining us, Tina. Could you share your core values with the listeners and how they have helped you shape your career and your life? Definitely. And I would like to thank you for kind of posing that question to me because it's always good to kind of sit back and reflect at different stages. And so, When I think about where I am now, um, the three core values that really kind of resonate to me are first, the concept of empathy. And it's really about leading with thinking of others first. And that kind of has driven me into a, a path of inclusion and diversity. The second is authentic. And thank you for introducing me the way you did and, and spending more time on kind of me being grounded than some of the the roles and positions that I have. That concept of being able to be authentic, to be yourself is very important to me. And I like, enjoy creating that environment for others. Mm-hmm. And that third value is exactly what how you described me, just purpose-driven, um, really valuing the concept of knowing what your purpose is, being able to pursue your passion and bringing those two things together. Thank you for being so thoughtful about that, Tina. So your core values are empathy, authenticity, and being purpose-driven. Yeah, and actually, let me show, tell you how I've kind of pulled all those together as I think of it as my personal mission statement. Okay. And so I define my personal mission statement is creating environments where people can be their best and thrive. Wow. In an info, and then in an informal setting, I say it can be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So again, that purpose ties together, people can be their best, that authenticity. Mm-hmm. And the fact that my purpose or my mission is connected to other people, 
goes back to the empathy component. So I really think about I do well when I'm creating environments for others to be successful in. So you have taken MeSuite to a whole new level. You have taken core values up to a mission statement. I'm impressed. Yes. And as you said, a lot of this is what organizations do, right? They have their core values. They have their mission statement. So just following the path that MeSuite has laid out. Challenge accepted. Thank you. So I selfishly brought you here to talk about the chief inclusion and diversity role in the C-suite. I'd like for you to share with the listeners, what is that role in the C-suite and what are the lessons that we could be learning from that, that we should be applying to the way that we lead our own lives? It's an interesting role as different companies view it in different ways. Some of them view it truly as a pure C-suite responsibility where you are advising and engaging the most senior leaders of the organization on strategically how inclusion and diversity can be a business imperative from an organization. In many organizations, you find that role as a part of the human resources team. So someone who is aligned with the chief HR officer, and they are really focused on how to embed it into the talent strategies. And then finally, you have individuals that might be approaching it from a marketing perspective and opening new markets and uh, partnering with different types of customers. You also see this role associated with procurement and how people think about and approach supplier diversity. Mm. So it's a really interesting opportunity where it's grounded in this concept of building equitable processes, but it can be applied to talent, business, and sourcing strategies. Now, that's amazing. So what are the mindsets and disciplines that chief IND officers have that are learnings that we could be applying to the way we run our own lives? I think there's got to be so many direct, relevant day-to-day disciplines. Yes, I think one of the biggest ones you'll hear about is influence with Mm. and without power. Um, When you get into traditional functions, very much you understand kind of the hierarchy of where you sit within the organization. With inclusion and diversity, it is not a one-person decision. It is really about influencing behaviors Mm. and, and putting in the processes and expectations around mindset. And so you spend a lot of time saying, yes, this is the right thing to do. How do I word this? How do I, how do I engage with leaders? How do I engage with grassroots employees to really ensure that we're moving in the right direction? And you're typically not doing that as their direct boss, their direct manager, or even their part of their direct um, business uh, responsibility. And so that concept of influencing and really using this to engage people is important. Mm-hmm. One of the second pieces I always rely on is kind of really thinking about with that mindset, change management. How are you building a coalition? How are you, what is the words, the dialogues, the definitions that are behind um, the things that you want to push forward? And who are those stakeholders and where are people on that kind of adoption curve? And so you put a lot of focus on change management mm-hmm. as a part of executing and implementing programs within the DNI space. Yeah. Can you define for the listeners what is inclusion versus what is diversity? Great question. I spend a lot of time um, in my 
roles, helping people think about those as two separate instances and Mm -hmm. how when they come together is really when you have the power. Mm -hmm. Think of diversity as seeds, right? So diversity are individual, uh, individual seeds, right? And so in some cases, diversity isn't a choice. If we think of flowers in the garden, right? They're all the potential flowers that are out there. Um, inclusion is that soil, that nurturing soil that we want to put those seeds in to, in essence, have an opportunity to bloom and blossom. And so the concept of diversity is really about understanding not only our differences, but our similarities, what binds us together. And inclusion is that soil that brings us together with the nurturing and the support to allow us to bloom into a beautiful garden. And so when you think about diversity and diverse workforces, if you don't, if you have a diverse workforce, but you don't have an inclusive culture, right, you have a lot of people who might look different or think differently, but they're not able to actively and meaningfully contribute. But if you have an inclusive culture, but you don't have a diverse workforce, you're not getting the innovation, the breakthrough thinking that you can have as you um, manage more diversity. So diversity is the seed, inclusion is the soil. That is the best definition I have ever heard. You need to patent that. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. And, and I love the visualizations. Some people who know me in me suite know that I am a gardener. So this uh, imagery resonates particularly well with me. Ah, perfect. Yeah. Are there things that you could start doing differently on Monday? Yes. So one very easy thing is reach out and go to lunch or grab coffee with someone of a different background, someone of a different experience. Um, I call them diversity levers, right? So Mm -hmm. what are the different diversity levers that make me me? And look at those levers and say, where's one where the quote opposite or one that is very different? I don't have a friend or a colleague in that space. And try to reach out and just grab coffee with them. Now, you don't have to go to coffee and talk about the differences. You can go to grab coffee and talk about just what movies you saw over the weekend. Yeah. But it's more about being comfortable and moving out of your comfort space from someone who looks just like you. Mm-hmm. I love that example. The other example, and I, I, I ha- got this actually from just watching a, a lot of things on YouTube, is Engage listening and asking children how they think about some of these topics because they're either all their influence is coming from, you know, what they've been exposed to in a very short period of time. And you start understanding the impact of what some of these images mean. And so by just having an engaging conversation, obviously with a child that already knows you and is comfortable with you, uh, but just listening to children talk about these topics. And, under, and starting to see how what they've been exposed to in a short period of time, whether you consider it positive or negative, but just how they're interpreting it based on kind of their limited view of the world. Um, and then using that to think of your own strategies of what you might personally want to promote more or what you might want to find ways to change because you're, you might find you're like, oh, that isn't something I want children to be thinking about. Yeah. Yeah, great examples. So thank you for that, Tina. Really, really practical and aspirational. One around, invite someone for the coffee chat that's different from you. Uh, The second one around, asking children where their mindset is. Do you have any others? 
So one I'm starting to think about personally is this concept of hosting community building dinners. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of taking that concept of just going to someone with from lunch and the concept around what you might want to work on changing that you hear from children and saying, how can I bring together in a very comfortable um, and informal setting Mm -hmm. and really start building communities around some of these topics and allowing people in a kind of somewhat facilitated way, but still over, you know, a a good meal, um, a way to start bridging and having these conversations. Now, again, not saying you do this step one, this is as you get comfortable and someone like me who's kind of been focused on it for a while. So in that example, do people have topics in mind and they know when they come to the dinner, these topics will be discussed? So what I'm thinking, it's a little bit of you do kind of pre um, plan in mm-hmm. terms of who you're inviting, mm-hmm. because you might have friends across different backgrounds who've all mentioned this is an important or an interesting topic for them. Yeah. Or you actually can you'd be amazed kind of the the types of tools and games that are available, even just with a simple search online around the discussion topic openers, Mm -hmm. right? That can allow a group of people just to start um, having a good conversation. So it's it's more of a big step, but I think it's an opportunity for people who are passionate about this and feel like they're sitting on the sidelines. Mm -hmm. Something they can do of, you know, just having a dinner with six to seven people um, and starting a dialogue. Okay, so I'm taking your challenge. And oh, wow. <laughs> I'm doing it. And within the next two months, I am going to host a community building dinner. I'm going to target six to eight people. I am going to take your instructions and I'm going to report back. And let's even partner more. Let's think about what's the sheet as the host would be beneficial for you to have. Okay. And okay. what kind of prompts I would use so that you have somewhat of a little cheat sheet. Okay, I love it. I love it too. Wow, we just created something that quick. <laughs> we did, and and the Me Sweet mindset is about balancing the aspiration with the practicality and leaving people with things that they can start doing on Monday. And you've given us some beautiful examples, and thank you for the challenge. Thank you for accepting. Are there any other tips that you want to leave for listeners who are trying to build a Me Sweet mindset? Those who are in the C-suite, not only do they require kind of themselves to step out of the comfort zone, mm-hmm. they are required to ask others to move out of the comfort zone. Mm. And so what I would leave your, your listeners with is this concept of the big ask. Okay. And what I see is C-suite individuals are comfortable with requesting those big asks. They're comfortable with asking people to move out of their individual comfort zone so that together they can build something bigger, greater, more innovative. Mm -hmm. And so to tie in all your different topics, as you think of someone truly managing their individual life, it's where they're understanding the times and the places to ask to have the big ask of others so that collectively can go on to the next level. Yeah. Well, you mentioned you had moved very far away from engineering. In my mind, I think of engineers as problem solvers. And so you really are still in engineering. I think you are still a problem solver. You're focused on perhaps one of the most important problems that we need to solve in the world right now. And it's the topic of inclusion and diversity. 
And I really appreciate you sharing your leadership in this space and your energy and giving us some challenges. And you're making a difference in the world. Thank you, Tina Gilbert. Well, thank you, Donna, for having me. I appreciate the the opportunity to first reflect and prepare and then to have an opportunity to get some of these ideas in, out there to a much broader audience. Thank you for joining us in the Me Suite. I'm Donna Peters. Have we got you thinking about your core values and what you're needing in your own Me Suite? Subscribe to the podcast. Share your core values with us and visit me on Facebook or at themesuite.com. That's the-me-suite.com. Suite like executive suite. Themesuite.com. That's the-me-suite.com. The Me Suite, a source of power for the life-minded.